John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast for January 1917. This podcast looks at life in World War I through the letters of John Adams, who was 23 when he joined up in September 1914. He served with the 9th Service Battalion Royal Irish Fusiliers and was involved in many significant events on the Western Front, particularly Passchendaele. These are his words, read by his grandchildren and narrated by his great-grandchildren. As we begin the new year, we bring you a two-part interview with Nick Metcalf, who wrote the book Blacker's Boys. This 914-page book tells a remarkable story of the 9th Royal Irish Fusiliers through the Great War. The book features quotes and extracts from John Adams' letters. We also have one postcard this month from John to his mother, indicating that he is still in Tipperary, but he would soon be moving back to the barracks in Newtonards. My name's Mark Adams, and John Adams was my grandfather. As long-time listeners will know, one of the resources that we use that help us understand the life during World War I for John Adams is Blacker's Boys. It charts the history of the 9th Service Battalion of the Royal Irish Fusiliers, and we're delighted to have the author, Nick Metcalf, here joining us in the podcast. So welcome, Nick. Hello. Good to have you here. Um, Good to be here. First of all, it's a very niche market to writing about the 9th Service Battalion of the Royal Irish Fusiliers. So how did you come to start to even research that? As you probably know, I was in the Army for a long time. And a number of years ago, about 12 years ago, I was writing a magazine article about how to teach young soldiers about regimental history. And one of the ideas I'd had was to pick people from the regimental historical past uh, who'd done gallant deeds and uh, and used those as a vehicle to teach them something. In the course of writing that, my father said to me just out of the blue one day, do you know that your great-grandfather had a Distinguished Conduct Medal? And I said, no, it didn't. He gave me some details. He said he had a DCM and bar, in fact. I did some digging. I found out that, in fact, he didn't have a bar, although the family, and indeed he believed he did until the day he died. And that then led to a series of research projects which led to discovering the war diary, which led to transcribing the war diary, which then led to Blacker's Boys. The whole thing took about 10 years or so on and off writing in between postings and tours abroad and so on. And then when I retired from the army, I sat down and said, I'm going to write this. I'm going to finish this. Uh, It changed format slightly at that point. But about 18 months later, we finished it up. That's it. Fantastic. So how would you go about researching something like this? I don't know if I would do it any differently if I had to do it again. I was thinking of writing a history of the 7th and 8th towns, and um, I had started that in exactly the same way, uh, which was to look at the war diary and to get an overall feel for what they had done in this particular time over the, the duration of the war. And in parallel with that, reading about the bigger organizations, the brigade it was in, the division it was in, the core it was in, the battles that it was involved in, and trying to get a bigger picture. And having done that, I then, uh, and I, I think if anybody was to do the same thing again, I would recommend this, I then took out a subscription for Ancestry. Having done that, was able to research individual soldiers in, in quite considerable detail. And the National Archives provides a huge wealth of information about officers, because the officers' files, unlike the soldiers' files, survived the, the uh, Second World War bombing. Um, So 
I, 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 there are numerous resources now. I think there are numerous online resources now that help uh, Ancestry, Find My Past, and various other genealogical websites help with soldiers' records and those that survive, or the, the bits of soldiers' records that survive. Any soldier who survived the war and continued to serve after 1921, his record is still held by the Ministry of Defence, and they can be applied for. And all of the officers' files are in the National Archive. They pull together a huge amount of information. In addition, there are other very good resources, the Commonwealth War Games Commission, of course, and they recently launched a, a new series of documents, or an old series of documents, which they made public, uh, linked to every casualty, which allowed you to see where they had originally been buried, when they had been concentrated into concentration cemeteries, and indeed who else was around them on the burial register, and, and that has been very useful. Uh, and the final resource I think I'd highlight would be the records of the International Committee of the Red Cross. They kept the most fantastic records of soldiers who were incarcerated by the Germans uh, for the duration of the war. And almost every prisoner has got a card on the ICRC website. And digging around on that, you can find some cracking information about individuals in terms of when they were born and where they came from, where they were captured, uh, and indeed where they were incarcerated. One of the things I have to say about uh, the book, how well it is researched, if you look at the book, you don't measure in pages, you measure in the inches. It was at 900 and <laughs> over 900 <Something>. pages, <laughs> yeah. but a third of that is a history and the rest of it is about the individual men. I think that's a fantastic resource for anybody looking up anything. Yeah, I think uh, that decision came about as I transitioned into writing the book full-time rather than just doing it as a, as a part-time hobby. I had decided that if I was going to write about the battalion, I had to write about the people. I couldn't weave everybody's story into the main text. Mm -hmm. And I decided that it was going to be a memorial. I would identify all of those who were killed. I would identify all of those who were wounded, if I possibly could. Having done that, I had I don't know, a few thousand names. I thought, I, we can do this. We can go through the medal rolls and we can pull out as many people as, as are positively identified as 9th Battalion. Uh, and create a complete nominal role. Of course, it's not complete. I think it's pretty close. It's within a few hundred names, certainly. But uh, I decided that it would be... Nobody else was going to write this. Uh, mm -hmm. Given the first the first part is pretty detailed. Um, with, with all the officers' records, the medals, the honours and awards, the court-martial records and so on, nobody else was ever going to say, oh, I can do a bigger, better job than this. And therefore, I had to do the biggest, best job uh, to, to make it complete. That was my view. Uh, that, and that took a while, I have to say, and, mm -hmm. and a bit of bit of frustration trying to pull together three and a half thousand soldiers' names and a little bit of biographical detail. And they're not all right. I mean, I, I have made mistakes, and people do point them out every now and again. The consequence of that was we've launched a, an addenda-type series of PDF documents, which are in the same format as the book, aiming to correct those errors. Mm -hmm. And you can find those on the website. That's fantastic. In researching this, obviously you were started off about your grandfather. Great-grandfather. Were there new things that you learned that you didn't even expect to find? Yes. When I started this, I didn't know anything about the First World War, really. I, I wasn't a student of the war. It hadn't been of any great interest. I'd followed individual stories, of course, but I didn't know particularly much about it. I think the whole journey from understanding the Austrian Volunteer Force, understanding the mobilization of that uh, as the basis of the Austrian Division, uh, how the officers were appointed, how they were subsequently then commissioned through a modicum of training, how officer training then developed, 
I learned about uh, the whole business of uh, the training of these volunteers of Kitchener's army and how long that took. And they trained for an extremely long time. Mm. The fact that the Ulster Division didn't finish its training in Ulster, of course, it finished it on the south coast of England. Uh, and, and then everything you could possibly see in the book about the First World War was brand new to me, and I had to research everything. And we will leave our interview there for this month, and we'll continue it next month in our February 1917 edition. 24th January 1917. This card indicates that he returned to Newton Hards on 26th of January 1917. There's no postmark, but the word Tipperary is underlined on the written side. The postcard shows Lake Muskree, Gulty Mountains, County Tipperary, a view over the lake towards a steep hillside or mountain on the other side. My dear mother, just a card to say I received your ever-welcome letter all right. I am glad to know that all at home are still enjoying good health. I'm leaving here on Friday for Newton Arts, so you will need not write to me here again. I need not tell you that I am not sorry at the change, for I am sick of this place, so I asked to get back to my unit. We were to go on Thursday, but now it's changed to Friday. The old address in Newton Arts will find me. No more at present. Love to all at home. Your loving son, Johnny. Thank you for listening to John Adams' Letters from the Front podcast. To find out more about John Adams and his family, visit www.johnadams.org.uk forward slash letters. The history of the 9th Service Battalion, Royal Irish Fusiliers, during World War I is taken from Blacker's Boys. Visit them at www.9thirishfusiliers.co.uk with the number 9. Podcasts will be published 100 years after the letters are written, so will be published nearly every month. If you would like to contact us with comments or reactions, the email address is letters at johnadams.org.uk. This has been a Mark Mess production.